Amen. Those who are able, if you will, stand on your feet. Let's give the Lord the praise that's so richly and rightfully deserving unto our God. Our God is awesome. Let me try that again. Our God is awesome. Let me try that one more time for the Holy Ghost. Our God is awesome and is desirous of our praise. Good morning to all of those who are watching us this morning. If you're on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website, Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, if you're following us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline, tag people you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and text the link to, of this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in the chat window to start this experience with others. And also... We would love for you to just let us know where you're watching us from on YouTube, Facebook, or our church website. Uh, just put the city and state where you're checking us out. Amen. And as you continue to worship with us today, let us know how this experience is blessing you uh, in the Zoom congregation as well as on our various links. For first-time visitors, let us know you are a first-time guest so we can give you a major shout-out. We greatly appreciate your presence as far as our time is concerned. How many of you all are ready to see what the Lord is going to do in this worship experience? Amen. Let me just mention before I have Minister Pate to come and give us our call to worship that our impact moment, our children's church is uh, in worship today. And so if you have a child from the age of 5 to 18 that you would like to like for them to have that experience, you can go and get them checked in as far as impact is concerned. And Minister Joshua Jordan will be leading us. At this time, uh, Minister Ben Pate is going to come and give us our call to worship. Amen. Everybody, put your blessed hands together. Isn't God good? Isn't he amazing? Isn't he awesome? Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalms chapter 71, verses 14, 15. It says, but I will hope continually and praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. How many know that we serve a limitless God? Though he is a continual blesser, he woke us up this morning and started us on this, on our way. As you're standing on your feet and begin to worship, stand with us as we worship with our choir for our opening congregational hymn.
reading this morning is found in the book of Romans chapter 4 verses 13 through 16. I will be reading from the King James Version, New King James Version. Romans chapter 4 verses 13 through 16. And it reads, for the promises that he would that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. The word of God for the people of God. Let us go to God in prayer. God, you're so great. God, you're so awesome. God, you're so mighty. And we come to worship you today. It's because of you. We have everything we have. Our life, our health, our strength, our well-being. And God, we don't take that for granted. So we come to exalt your name. Because you are worthy of all the praise because you chose us before we chose you, because you loved us before we love you. God, we open our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. God, we are ready to worship you freely in this place. Have your way, have your way, have your way. God, have your way. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Let me try that one more time. God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Let me try that one more time for the Holy Ghost. God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, St. Paul. And good morning to those who are visiting with us. We greet you in the only name that ultimately matters. That's the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I would readily admit it is good to be back home again. Amen. And I want to thank those preachers that stood in my stead when I was out, particularly my nephew, the Reverend Dr. Willie Francois on the first Sunday. And then Minister Jeffrey Stevenson on last Sunday, they did an extraordinary job as far as the sharing of the gospel. And we thank God for them. Can we celebrate them in absentia today? Amen. <clears throat> as we move forward in our worship experience, we have a baby dedication today. And I'm going to ask that the family of uh, Braxton James Hall, Braxton James Hall, if you all will come forward uh, in front of the uh, pulpit today. Uh, their parents, Aaron and Tanisha, we're going to ask that you would bring your family and uh, we're going to dedicate Braxton Hall at this time. Let's give God praise for them as they come. Amen. Good morning, Tanisha and Aaron. How are you all doing? That's an interesting bow tie. I've never seen a bow tie like that before. A bow tie of glasses. Yeah, made of wood. This is a new experience for me. Amen. In the Lord's church today. All right. Okay. Uh, Aaron and Tanisha. Where are the grandparents? Grandparents. All right. Godparents. Do we have any godparents? All right. Godparents. All right. I want the godparents to come over here. Right, yeah, you're fine, right? Come on up, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, okay, all right. So, grandparents, again, wave your hand. All right, godparents, all right, and mommy and daddy. Braxton, can you wave your hand? He said, No, <laughs> first of all, to um, to these wonderful parents, let me just say that this is an incredible opportunity for us to share with you all as far as this moment is concerned here at St. Paul Church. It is an opportunity for us to do several things. Number one, to remind you that you're not alone as far as praying for your child and as far as uh, the life of your child is concerned. But then also, number two, to help to reaffirm uh, and, of course, uh, dedicate your child back to the Lord. In the Baptist Church, we do not christen babies. Uh, this is a teaching moment for us. We dedicate them. We give them back to the Lord because they come from the Lord. So uh, basically what we're going to do is we're going to um, do this in the tradition of our African ancestors. And I just want to run a couple of things by you all before we do that. To the parents, it's your job to love Braxton unconditionally and, uh, and be there for him. For the grandparents, you all know what you're supposed to do? No, that's the parents' job. Yeah, spoil them and send them back home. Amen. All right. Godparents, do you know what you're supposed to do? Okay, what is that? 
All right. So let me clear this up because oftentimes that's what, bit, what folks think and ain't what the Godparent is. The Godparent is made up of two words, God and parent. It is the purpose of the Godparent that if the, the parents don't take the child to church, you take them to church. You make sure that they are religiously nurtured and educated so they can grow in the fear and admonition of the Lord. All right. That's what Godparents are. Because if something happened to the parents, they got grandparents, and that, that's right. There you go. There you go. There you go. And church family, we know what we're supposed to do. We're to pray and allow for this child to have the space to be a child. Amen? So, to these parents, to Aaron and to Tanisha, do you promise to love Braxton unconditionally, pray for him, and be an example of God's grace and mercy in his life? If so, say, we do. Uh, to the family that have come from near and far, do you promise to give these parents the support that is so necessary as they raise their child in the fear and the grace of God? If so, say we do. Amen. I'm going to ask that the disciples of St. Paul Church, as well as those that are visiting with us, to have a faith in God. Would you please stand? Do you, as a congregation, uh, promise to pray for this child and his parents and give this child the space to be a child so that one day he can come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. If so, say we do. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask if we could, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, we come and we thank you for Tanisha and for Aaron and for Braxton, for grandparents and godparents who have gathered here to share in this moment. And Lord, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, we give Braxton back to you. Lord, we pray that you will be in the lives of his parents in a very meaningful way so that he will see something in them that he wants to emulate and come to the saving faith in Jesus Christ. So Lord, show yourself strong and mighty in his life and in this family's life as well. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Amen. Amen. I will have a certificate that will be signed, and I'm going to make sure you get that by the end of service. But I want to thank you all for allowing us to share in this wonderful moment with you all. And we pray that God will bless you all and allow for uh, your child to one day come to Jesus Christ for himself meaningfully. Amen. Can we give God praise for Braxton as they make their way back to their seats? Amen, amen, amen. I have missed you all. It is so good to be back home. And uh, uh, I have missed you all. And it's great to, to be back in worship here at the St. Paul Church. Um, there are several things I want to share with you all as we move forward as far as our worship experience is concerned. 
um, and there are a couple of videos that we have as far as this time is concerned. But I want to let you all know that uh, our Men's Day worship experience is going to be taking place this weekend. Uh, the Men of Valor are preparing for our annual Men's Weekend, September 24th, 25th. They are hosting a prayer breakfast in the, the Reedy Creek Park Indoor Shelter Number 2 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the men will lead us in worship as we welcome our guest preacher, my brother, and co-laborer with the Hampton University Ministers Conference, the Reverend Dr. Harold A. Carter, Jr. Registration uh, for the prayer breakfast is going on today. It starts at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. We have space for 100 men, so register by Tuesday so we can get an accurate accounting of the numbers on the people who will attend. And that is Tuesday, uh, September the 20th. Uh, that's where we want to have those numbers in. Also, um, I am so appreciative of all of you all who are joining me and praying for me as far as my run uh, for the president of our General Baptist State Convention. And on this Thursday, this Thursday, there'll be a town hall meeting virtually uh, moderated by Dr. Peter Weary, uh, Dr. C. Lynn Brinkley, and Reverend Adrian Bullock. Uh, I will be fielding questions from all over the state as far as my run is concerned and my candidacy. And so uh, if you want to check that out, it's, we're going to go live Thursday, uh, September 22nd at 7.30 p.m. We're going to go live this Thursday. I uh, just also want to let you know that we're back in Bible study. Amen. We're back in Bible study. And we started back uh, this past uh, uh, Thursday. I will be teaching on the next several weeks dealing with the problem of evil, dealing with the problem of evil. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why is there suffering? Why is there evil? So join us either at noon or at 7 as far as Bible study is concerned as over the next several weeks we'll be dealing with that. Then I also want to let you all know that we are in um, our children's church has resumed. And so if we have anyone in here that has a child between the age of 5 to 18, uh, Minister Joshua Jordan, as well as those volunteers, are going to be helping to shepherd that process in our youth sanctuary. And so allow for time for proper planning. We will host it uh, this Sunday. And then in October, we'll be back in full swing on second and third Sundays. Parents and volunteers, look out for correspondence on how you can pre-enroll your child for our safety and security protocols for our impact worship experience. The other thing I want to state is that um, our United Missionary Baptist Association annual session will start on Sunday, September the 25th at Ebenezer. That's next Sunday at Ebenezer at 5 p.m. Uh, they will have a concert at 5 p.m. Um, and we will have preaching taking place on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and there will be classes on Wednesday. Let me just say that <clears throat> two of our ministers, uh, Reverend Kelly Baptist and Minister Eric Edwards, will be featured preachers doing this association meeting. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to either check us out online or join us in person at Ebenezer Baptist Church as far as that moment is concerned. I'm so godly proud of our associate ministers and the wonderful opportunities that they are getting to utilize the gift of preaching as far as that is concerned. So 
Uh, remember, that's next week, and more information is on the UMBA website as well as on our website. So I want to let you all know about that. Um, do we have a video of um, General Missionary Baptist of Mississippi? Is that ready to go? All right, let's roll that at this time. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I am Reginald Buckley, the senior pastor of the K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church of Jackson, Mississippi. I'm also privileged to serve as the president of our General Missionary Baptist State Convention of Mississippi. You recently heard about the water crisis that we're having here in Jackson. And I know that you have been praying for us. I know that you've been concerned and thoughtful about how you might participate in aid and assistance for residents of Jackson. How thankful we are that you did not stop with care and concern, thoughts and prayers, but that you put your faith to action. Thank you, St. Paul. And thank you to my dear friend, Dr. Robert Scott, for the very generous donation that you have sent to our state convention. It is through your donation that you have provided lift to our mission and our ministry, making sure that residents throughout the city of Jackson have water and other supplies that are necessary to get through this crisis. How thankful we are to have brothers and sisters as yourself who've decided that it's not just about thoughts and prayers, but it's about faith and works. So on behalf of the board of directors, the officers, and the members of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention of Mississippi, we thank you for all that you've done to be the hands and the feet of Christ right here in Jackson, Mississippi. God bless you and keep you is our prayer. St. Paul, can you celebrate yourselves? Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Celebrate yourselves. Dr. Reginald Buckley is going to be here next month as we celebrate six years of y'all putting up with me as your pastor. Uh, as far as appreciation is concerned, he's going to be here in person. Uh, but what we did was from mission, we took 5000 and some change and we sent that to Jackson, Mississippi, to the General Missionary Baptist State Convention to give them lift. They have a truck. They have a truck. Uh, uh, um, I believe it is like an 18-wheeler that has been going around to various parts of the city uh, carrying water. Here's the crazy thing about what's been happening in Mississippi um, that a lot of folks don't know. Number one, the, the situation in Jackson did not just pop up. Uh, they've been dealing with crazy water situation for 10 years. And it's really been under the radar. As a matter of fact, uh, my other mom, my bonus mom, uh, Zenette Funches, uh, and my two sisters, they have been using bottled water for 10 years. It has not made the news up until now when the water plant broke down because of the uh, flood that, that happened uh, a month ago. So that's one thing. So the situation in Jackson, Mississippi is like it is in Flint. Poor infrastructure, poor water system, 
and then basically you have Democrats and Republicans that don't want to talk to each other, and so the city suffers and black people uh, catch grief. So that's that's first thing. Second thing is is that uh, a lot of folks were coming to me saying we need to get some water down there, and the last thing they need is another truckload of water. What they needed, and here's what's been happening. People have been getting water, but they wanted them to come and pick up the water from where they were purchasing it. And they did not have the capacity to do that. So General Baptist of, of Mississippi uh, have been taking their truck to go and pick up the water to move it around to different places where they need it so they can disseminate it. We gave, we gave money to that effort to help them to make sure they can keep those wheels running as well as whatever they need to do to provide for our sisters and brothers in Mississippi. So I want to thank you all, St. Paul, because of your generosity and your giving. We were able to do it just like that and, um, uh, and make that uh, a working reality while at the same time we're also raising funds for the Charlotte Rescue Mission uh, to help them. Uh, as of last week, we have raised $31,111.34. So we're 63% part uh, as far as that goal is concerned. But can I, can I give you a real good shout? Here's a real good shout. I just talked to um, uh, Brother Jerry Clark, who is our finance chair. He just shared with me that someone is getting ready to give us, is it today? I felt the quickening. All right, today. Uh, today, someone is going to give us $6,000 toward this effort. So I'm claiming right now $37,000 um, plus what we're going to give as far as this time is concerned. So I want to make you mindful of that. Uh, um, you all are a very generous congregation, and, and we... We, one thing I've discovered, and I, I want to let you all know this, and I'm not trying to get no cheap thrill or shout, your generosity is changing the lives of people that you'll never meet. Your generosity, your kindness, and your graciousness is having an impact upon people you'll never lay eyes upon. But one thing I have discovered about God, when you give, the Lord will blow your mind. So, St. Paul, I just want to celebrate you, and I just want to thank you all for um, uh, giving lift as far as these moments are concerned, and just, we're just letting God be God, amen? We're just letting God be God. So, I would love, I would, I would love to see us uh, seal this uh, $50,000 goal as soon as possible, and uh, we thank God uh, for that. So, um, at this time, we're getting ready to transition into prayer. And as we transition into prayer, um, several prayer concerns I want to lift up before you all. Uh, first of all, lift your pastor up in prayer. Uh, I'm going across the state of North Carolina trying to vie for president of our general missionary Baptist State Convention. I'm seeing parts of North Carolina I've never seen before. And, and it's a wonderful thing. North Carolina is one of the most beautiful states in this country. And, um, and I'm having a ball. Um, um, but Lord knows I did not realize North Carolina was as long as it is wide. Jesus, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, and I have, been on the, I have been on the road every week since the middle part of August. 
uh, on average, one way going at least 250 miles one way. Coming back, making sure that I carry out pastoral responsibilities and duties, uh, as well as um, all the other work that, that we need to do around here. So I'm appreciative of your prayers. Any financial support you want to give, it would be greatly appreciated. Even though gas is going down, gas is still high. And so uh, I'm appreciative of I'm appreciative of that. Are you playing me like the Sandman? Okay, cause see that that happened when I was speaking somewhere. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to somebody that was running for office. So I was, you know, okay. I ain't seen y'all in three three weeks, so I'm just trying to get all my stuff out. I'll let you know when to play. <laughs> back, back, back to my announcements. Uh, <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, I pray for me and Scott. Uh, but, 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 but in all honesty, thank you all for your prayers as well as as well as your support. We're in the home stretch, and um, uh, the elections will the elections will be next month. The elections will be next month. And, of course, our own Lisa Murray uh, is running for uh, first vice president of our women's auxiliary. And so uh, keep her lifted up in prayer. But here are the prayer concerns I want to bring before you. Uh, we want to lift up the family of Sister Annette Knox, uh, the mother of disciple Thomasina Barron. Um, uh, services will be held uh, Sunday, September the 25th at Faith Memorial Church in Charlotte. Uh, a quiet hour is at one, and the service will be at two, two. And that we also lift up Brother Joseph Barron because that's his uh, kinspeople. We lift up the family of disciple Brother Bobby Gill, father of Sister Ethel Truesdale. Those services were this Wednesday. The family of Sister Mona Teasley, the sister of disciples Patricia Knott, Ruth Lockett, Lawrence Teasley, and Larry Teasley. Those services were at Greer uh, this past Thursday. The family of disciple. Uh, Virginia Lloyd, the mother of disciple Sister Linda Caldwell, we continue to lift them up in prayer. We also want to lift up uh, Sherry Ashford, uh, who will be having surgery tomorrow. Artie Clyburn, who is placed in hospice care. Deborah Currents, who had knee surgery this past week. Deborah McCullough. Lisa Murray, who had to have emergency surgery. Tisa, her sister, who's caring for her. Elizabeth Summers, who's in the hospital. Of course, our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond and Lady Thomasina Drummond. We want to continue to lift those persons up in prayer. And of course, um, uh, if you would continue to lift um, me up in prayer as well as we're in this home stretch. So with that, I'm going to ask the minister Pate will come and uh, take us to the throne of grace. God of, God of peace. God of love, and God of grace. We come humbly before you, God, lifting up the names that were called this morning. God, we know that you are a healer, and God, we know that you are the mender of broken hearts. So God, God, those that are grieving right now, we ask that you help mend their heart, God, and help fill in the void. God, we pray for peace in their situation as they bereave their loved ones, God, and as they transition through this new phase. God, for the sick and shut in, God, we ask that you touch, heal, and deliver, that you begin to move, God, in their situation in a mighty way. God, we know that you can do it. We've seen you do it before, 
and we know you can do it again. God, for those that are in transition and waiting, God, we know that waiting can be frustrating, but God, remind them that you are our strength, even in the midst of waiting. So God, we believe that you will come through. God, for those that have prayer concerns that are have not been mentioned, that are silent, and feel that no one cares. God, we pray that you remind them that you care for them and that you are there for them every step of the way. Surround them around with people, God, to remind them of your love and your care. And lastly, God, we lift up our pastor. We lift him up to you, God. We ask you that you give him strength, God. Give him strength. Continue to carry out the assignment that you have called him to do as he leads us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you believe that God is answering your prayer, can you give God praise at this time? Amen. 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 It's offering time. Amen. It is offering time. It is offering time. It is offering time. And uh, as we prepare to give unto the Lord, uh, let us uh, move at this moment as far as offering time is concerned. And um, there are several ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. First way you can give is by dropping off your check, cash, or money order here at church. Call the church and make sure someone is here at 704-334-5309. Or you can mail your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Second way you can give is through our website. Um, through ACS or Church Life. The other way you can give is through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app. Connect to your favorite credit card and in three clicks you can give. You can also give physically. So if you have a physical offering in the place, um, there is a basket on the outer edges of the aisle. And uh, at the appropriate moment, I'm going to ask you to take that basket, pass it down, and our account team will receive it. So if you have an offering or however you're giving, whether it is digitally or physically, if you would take your offering, place it in your right hand. And uh, we want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you right now for the opportunity to partner with you in the act of worship. In the act of giving is part of worship. And we come and we do it, oh Lord, because you bless the cheerful giver. Bless those that are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. Bless those who may not be doing that but are trying to give something. And then, Lord, we pray that you will take these gifts of ours and multiply them in such a way that we can be a blessing to others who are outside of our church as well as those who are part of our fellowship. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. Amen. At this time, if you would, if you will reach down for those that are on the outer edges, uh, take those baskets and pass them down, uh, and we will receive your offering.
he protects me. Yes, he does. And that oh, mighty hour. Oh, he is my shelter. Yes, he is. In time of trouble, he is the keeper. weary and my eyes they get teary I call on Jesus in that hour oh he come to save me and he protects me yes he does with his
Scott and I, our minister of music, we will be meeting immediately following this worship experience with all the members of the mass choir um, out here in the sanctuary. So for all of those who are part of the, I see you clapping. I don't know what that's clapping about, <laughs> but I, I need to see you all because I need to give you some pastoral expectations uh, as we move forward. Uh, with all that we're doing. All right. We want to continue our series of sermons um, dealing with um, Galatians chapter 3, moving from a dead religion to a living faith. Galatians chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 15. And these words are printed in the New King James Version of the Word of God. And uh, you can follow me along whatever translation that you have it reads like this brethren i speak in the manner of men though it is only a man's covenant yet if it is confirmed no one annuls or adds to it now to abraham and his seed were the promises made he does not say and to seeds as a many, but as a one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. I, I want to preach for just a few moments. I want to preach from this thought, the promise-keeping God. The, the promise-keeping God. Amen. Beloved, we, we live in some interesting times and with some interesting folks whose word cannot be trusted. Matter of fact, the words really are rather meaningless. We know of people who will look us dead in the eye and tell you they'll do something and then renege on their word. There, there was a time, there was a time when a person's word meant something. There was a time when handshake was just as binding as a contract. And you could depend upon it because it was like cash. However, nowadays you treat some people's word as if it were a bad check. In other words, 
give us cash only. And if they give you cash, you might be tempted to pull out the brown marker to make sure it's not counterfeit. (laughs) Even those of us with good intentions and integrity have dropped the ball every now and then. We don't make a promise with the intention of breaking it. However, stuff happens. Things happen which cause us to fall short of our words. We know folks who borrow clothes and don't return them. We know folks who borrow money and don't pay it back. We know folks who borrow the car but won't even put gas in it. We break commitments at home, at school, on the job, and God knows we break it in the church. And it's unfortunate that most of us will make promises that we cannot and do not keep. This is why we should make promises sparingly. And this is why we should under-promise but over-deliver. However, I'm here to let you all know we got somebody who will never fail in keeping his word. God has proven to be more than faithful, capable, and able to bring to pass whatever God speaks. And this is because in God's power is God's ability to say some things and stuff start happening. In other words, God's sovereign ability to declare is God's capacity to keep God's word just by speaking it. God is so omnipotent. God is so sovereign. God is so magnificent until God can just think and things start happening. God can speak things into existence. God can breathe things into existence without cooperation from anyone or anybody except God's own being. The power of God to keep God's word is intricately and intimately connected to the essence of who God is. God is the self-existing, self-contained, self-generating, self-fulfilling being who did not begin to be. God has no beginning. God has no ending. God did not come from anywhere. God ain't going anywhere. God has been, is, and shall be the God who did not begin to be. And this is the God who can bring to pass whatever God declares. This is the kind of God we need on our side and in our lives. Because in the midst of sickness, pain, frustration, disease, disappointment, sin, betrayal, hurt, headache, heartache, troubles, trials, tribulation, and even death itself, you and I need somebody who can keep their word. And I'm glad to report this morning that God is no shorter than God's word. God has not failed, God does not fail, God will not fail, and since God cannot, does not, and will not fail, God's promises shall not fail. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, and they complicated our lives with the introduction of sin into the human equation and the calculus of creation, leading to what is called the fall of humanity, God made a promise to the snake. The snake was nothing more than symbolic of the evil one, Satan himself. And God told Satan in the garden, I'm going to put enmity 
or opposition between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. You do know that the best way to kill a snake is to cut off the head. The fulfillment of this promise to that snake in the garden is in the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad Jesus comes to take on the enemy and handle the enemy in ways that you and I cannot. And yet as you and I read Genesis and we get to Genesis chapter 11, we will see God initiating a conversation with a man by the name of Abraham. In chapter 11, Abraham was a pagan. Abraham was an idol worshiper. When God called him from the place where he was to go to a place that God would show him. And here's what Abraham did, beloved. Abraham, without a map, directions, without ways or Apple maps, loaded up his family and started walking. And he started going to a place he had no idea where he was going. Abraham just started walking with the Lord. Abraham was told by God how God was going to make Abraham the father of many nations. God was going to make Abraham's name great, and God was going to make Abraham have so many offspring until he would not be able to count them. Abraham was going to be blessed through God and by God, and those who blessed Abraham would be blessed by God, and those who cursed Abraham would be cursed by God. And Abraham made his move with God by faith. There was no law compelling Abraham to obey God. He just did it by faith. There were no Ten Commandments. There were no Levitical laws, no religious rituals, no ceremonial customs, no temple, no tabernacle, no building that created the bond between Abraham and God. Abraham did what he did by faith. God established a covenant, a promise with Abraham, not based upon Abraham being so right because Abraham was a heathen. God established a promise with Abraham when he heard the voice of God and said, Lord, I'm going to walk with you regardless, and I have no idea where you're taking me. I'm here to tell you how amazing your life could be when you stop listening to the naysayers around you and start putting the faith in God who is before you. Your life, my life, our life will be so much easier when you have a relationship with God who is able to keep God's promise when everything else around you is falling apart and will fail you. The writer of this letter to the churches at Galatia, Paul, addresses this issue because the Galatians really did not appreciate what they had in Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, there was this group called the Judaizers, who infiltrated the Galatian church. The Judaizers were telling the Galatians how their faith in God through Jesus Christ was not enough to save them, that they had to be circumcised, that they had to have a sign of covenant like the Jewish people to demonstrate they had a relationship with God. In other words, they had to cut into their flesh 
in order to have a relationship with God. In other words, they had to keep the law in order to have a relationship with God. And this was a very false and dangerous doctrine. The Judaizers were saying that you're not saved by the grace of God based upon your faith alone, that you had to keep a ritual of the Jews in order to be saved by God. Now, I don't know about anybody else. I can't speak for anybody else, but I want you to know that I'm so glad that we ain't got to be governed by stuff like that. I am glad to let you know that you and I are not saved by our good works. I'm glad to know that you and I are not saved by how often we come to church. In other words, you need to understand that God loves you regardless of whether you're circumcised or not. God loves you whether you're able to keep the law or not. God loves you whether you're religious or not. Here is the problem, Brother Joe, I got with some of my Kojic friends who will say that you and I aren't saved unless we speak in tongues. Appear, this is the problem I got with some of my apostolic buddies who say we're not saved if we're not baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, I, I've never spoken in tongues and I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But I'm here to let you know that stuff does not save me. You and I are saved because we are crazy enough to believe that God sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. We are crazy enough to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and has given him a name that is above every name. You and I are not saved based upon our titles. We're not saved based upon how often we come to church. We're not saved based upon our gifts. We're not saved based upon who know us and whom we know. We are saved when we place our trust, our faith, our confidence, our hope in Jesus Christ of Nazareth to get us right with God. Now don't get me wrong. Don't summarily dismiss what I just dropped on you. I do all that stuff. You do all that stuff not to get saved and not to stay saved, but we do that stuff because we are saved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you and I come to church, be it physically or virtually, because we are saved because of our faith. I preach because I am saved. You and I ought to worship because we are saved. You and I ought to serve because we are saved. You and I ought to give because we are saved. You and I ought to be kind to brothers and sisters in the church because we are saved. You and I cannot earn God's acceptance predicated upon anything that we do because we are polluted with injustice, transgressions, pride, lack of love, envy, anger, bitterness, unkindness, favoritism, greed, trespasses, aloofness, lust, evil thoughts, immorality, prejudice, when I get on your street, just say amen, being puffed up, unbecoming behavior, being easily provoked, anger, hatred, failure of hope, failure to endure, failure to honor God, failure to worship, failure to praise, failure to praise, failure to give God honor, and that's why we can't keep a promise, but Paul lets us know we 
we got somebody who can and will keep their word regardless of everything else going on around us. God made a promise. God kept God's promise. And what is the significance of God keeping the promise that God made to Abraham thousands of years ago that is meaningful for us right now? Here's my shout, and I want to let you all know that if I had the energy and strength, I would run around church at least one time. Watch this. Here it is. The first aspect is God's promises cannot be canceled by human antics. In other words, there is nothing any man, woman, boy, or girl can do to cancel the promise that God has made. When you look at verses 15 and 16, you will see Paul is talking to the Galatians and he is using covenant language. He informs them that just as a contract or a will cannot be set aside or changed by anybody else but the originator, so are the promises of God unchangeable. Paul is working his argument from a legal or a judicial perspective. In Genesis, God made a promise to Abraham. It is a promise, as Paul has already shown us, not based upon the goodness or righteousness of Abraham or the obedience of Abraham. It was based upon God's grace towards Abraham. And I want you all to know, that's the way that God moves on our behalf. This covenant is an agreement between two parties. And once a covenant is made, it cannot be annulled or it cannot be added to. The covenant is sealed, usually back then, by blood. Both parties are bound to keep their word. Both parties are bound to keep their promise. But here is where God's promise is different from understanding and carrying out human contracts. It is the law that if one party fails to fulfill the terms of the contract, then the other party has a right to get out of the contract or to file a suit. Let me say that again. In contract law, if one party fails to fulfill the terms of the agreement or the contract, the other party has a right to walk away from the contract or to file a suit. All right. I, I, I didn't get it either. Let me see if I can help you all understand how God operates with us. Notice this is what God does. When Israel did not comply with the terms of the covenant, God did not file suit against them. When, when Israel violated the terms of the covenant, God did not get out of the contract with them. Well, Pastor, when did all that happen? Real easy. Remember when God delivered Israel from Egypt, brought them through the wilderness, brought them through the Red Sea, and then when they get to the Mount of Sinai, they started dancing and worshiping and golden calf. God did not soothe them. 
Remember when Israel wanted a king like all the other nations, God did not tear up the covenant with them. Remember when Israel turned their backs on God, God did not get out of the contract with them. So despite their antics, God kept God's word even when Israel did not keep their word. And God does the same thing with you and me. And I really wish I had some honest folks in the house that have to admit we have not dotted every I, we have not crossed every T, but God still keeps God's promises towards us. Even when you and I fail God, I'm so glad that God did not file a suit against us. Here's what I'm trying to get across to you all, St. Paul. Our failures, our sins, our shortcomings, our mistakes does not stop the promises of God from coming to pass. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, God is so sovereign and God is so intelligent and God is so creative that God will take our mess, our mishaps, our mistakes, integrate them in God's divine sovereign plan, get glory out of it while at the same time setting us straight. All right, I see one person got it. Here it is. I, I, the rest of y'all are going to catch up in just a moment. Here's what I'm trying to let you know, St. Paul. Our craziness will not stop God's promise. Our silliness will not stop God's promises. Our sins will not stop God's promise. Our wretchedness will not stop God's promise. Our unrighteousness will not stop God's promise. Our mishaps will not stop God's promises. Our mistakes will not stop God's promises. Our lack of praise will not stop God's promises. Our lack of church attendance will not stop God's promises. Our faulty worship will not stop God's promises. Our me-centric worship will not stop God's promises. This is because the promise was given to Abraham and his seed. And God said, whatever I say, I'm going to bring to pass. I'm going to be to bring it to pass. And there's no man, woman, boy, girl that will stop it. I'm going to bring it to pass and I'm going to bring it to pass based upon the own strength of who I am. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm sovereign. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm initiative. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm omnipresent. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm transcendent. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm creative. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm magnificent. I'm going to bring it to pass because I'm awesome. I'm talking about the God of the universe uh, that spoke everything into existence. I'm talking about the God uh, that took something and took nothing and made something out of it. I'm talking about the God uh, that took some dust uh, and made you and me. I'm talking about the God that saw us mess up in the garden and said, you know what? I still got a promise and I still got a plan and I still got a purpose. That's the reason that Adam and Eve did not die in the garden. God could have killed them the moment they disobeyed God. But God said, guess what? Y'all want to talk that real talk? Here's the real talk. He still looks beyond our faults and sees our needs and he blesses us. Why? Because he made a promise. Can I really help y'all to shout right now? Can I really bless somebody quick, fast, and in a hurry? Because, cause, cause see, y'all don't know what the promise is, but here's the promise. The promise is not a new house. The promise is not a new car. The promise is not a new boot. The promise is not a new bait. The promise is not new money or new honey. The promise is not some new clothes. The promise is not some man or woman, boy, or girl. The promise is not you hitting the lotto. Uh, the promise is not you getting healed. No, no, no. The promise is a person, uh, and that person 
sin is none other than Jesus Christ. Because when Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, God said, I already had this stuff planned out before Adam and Eve even messed up. And it ain't a contingency plan. Aren't you glad that God does not have to make contingency plans? He already has stuff framed in his cognitive consciousness that when you and I fall short, God has already created a rescue plan for us. That's why I'm sick with God. You can worship anybody else you want to worship. I'm sticking with Jesus Christ who still makes a way out of no way. And he's able. Do I have anybody know that he's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of our God with all exceeding joy. So the only wise God be glory and honor, majesty and dominion both now and forever. Can, 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 I, can I drop something else on us? Uh, uh, next, human laws do not supersede God's promises. Um, let, let me say it. Human laws do not supersede, overcome, surpass God's promise. It's right there in verse 17. Uh, Paul addresses this law issue. And you know, church folk got law laws. How, How do we know we're justified by faith alone? Because God gave the promise to Abraham before God ever gave a law. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do Bible teaching right now. That, that in other words, the promise was given to Abraham before Moses ever came down with Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments came 430 years later after the promise. Help me preach this thing, somebody. Now, 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 when the law was given, the promise hadn't yet come to pass. But the law of Moses did not change the promise of God to Abraham because the promise of God to Abraham and his seed who is Jesus Christ still stood so the promise to Abraham has its roots not in the Ten Commandments but in God himself the law was given to Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ I am, I'm trying to teach y'all some doctrine, but y'all, I'm glad that we aren't justified by the law of Moses, because you do know that if you break one of the law, you have broken the entire law. And so just as we're not justified by the law of Moses, God knows we ain't made right by the Constitution of the United States. Because you do know that this country got this law thing wrong to make some folks feel less than, but I'm here to let you know regardless of what they say in the Constitution, it cannot nullify nor negate the promise that God has for our lives. All right? See, see, it, see, it was the law of the land that said our 
slave forebears were only three-fifths of a person. But that did not negate God's promise for our lives when he sent Jesus Christ. The law of the land said that uh, separate was equal, but we know separate ain't equal, and that does not negate God's promise for our lives. The law of the land said in the Dred Scott decision that black people had no rights that a white man had to respect, but that did not negate God's promise for us. The law of the land said in Plessy versus Ferguson that slavery, that segregation was legal, but that did not negate God's promise for us. The law of the land said at one time women did not have the right to vote. But aren't you glad that did not negate God's promises for us? The law of the land now says you can stand your ground and shoot us if you feel threatened. But I'm glad that does not negate God's promises for us. The law of the land still allows for people to discriminate against us based upon the color of our skin. But I'm glad that does not negate God's promise for us. The law of the land allows for mass incarceration of black and brown people in these here, this United States of America. But hallelujah, I'm glad that does not negate God's promises for us. The law of the land allows for big businesses to get major bailouts while urban centers and rural communities are deteriorating but that does not negate God's promises for us as a matter of fact somebody gonna catch this in just a moment the law of the land will allow for this country to give money to Israel money to Ukraine money to different parts of the of the world billions of dollars but you mean to tell me you can't come up with some money to help fix the water situation in Flint, Michigan, in Newark, New Jersey, and in Jackson, Mississippi. The devil is alive. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but y'all wanna y'all wanna shout on those laws, but God knows our churches got some crazy, strange, ignorant laws as well. Uh, our church got some laws. You got to wear certain things in order to come to church. Our church got some laws that you gotta look a certain way in order to come to church. Our church got some laws. You gotta praise a certain way in order to come to church. Our church got some laws. You gotta drive a certain way in order to come to church. Our church got some laws, but I'm glad to be able to testify right now uh, that I don't abide uh, by the laws of the land and the laws of the church that are unjust, that are cruel, that will disengage and disenfranchise my humanity. I abide by the faith that you and I are created in the image and the likeness of God. And God took some dust and made us and breathed into us the breath of life. And you and I became a living soul. Uh, and I'm glad that even when I mess up, it does not mean that God ain't done with me yet. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Because I am a believer I shall inherit the promises of God. And how many of you all know that the promises of God are yes and amen. How many of you all know that God will keep God's word regardless of how fall I shall. Um one more thing, I'm done. One more thing, I'm done. And, 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 and here it is. Our inheritance is connected to the promise. Now I know you can't shout about that. 
Uh, but if y'all roll with me for five minutes, if you don't shout, I'm going to shout myself. Because you do know that, that I preached to an a empty church for 17 months. And, and why did I say that? Because if you don't get excited, I ain't even tripping on your non-excitement anymore. See, prior to the pandemic, I used to get bent out of shape and folks didn't say amen and lift up holy hands and say thank you, Jesus. But at the pandemic, you can sit there if you want to. I have a praise party all by myself and I turn this sucker out. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here. Now, now there's a reason why y'all couldn't get excited about inheritance connected to the promise. Uh, uh, but the inheritance, y'all, is really something to shout about. Because here's what Paul is trying to help us understand. Paul is saying, you can't mix faith and the law. Because the law does not change God's dealing with Abraham based upon the promise. Because the law and the promise are different in nature. All right, here's, here, here's the teaching I want you to take away from this. The inheritance, which is being justified by faith, was given by God as an unconditional gift to those who trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All right, all right. So watch this. So you and I don't have to obey the law in order to get the inheritance. <laughs> uh, you, you and I got to have faith in Jesus Christ in order to get the inheritance. Because when we have faith in Jesus, we'll get the inheritance because Jesus is the promise. And since Jesus is the promise, if I got Jesus, then I'm a heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. And if I'm a joint heir with Jesus, then that means that everything that Jesus got access to, I got access to as well. Because how many of y'all know that one day the riches of this world is going to decay? How many of y'all know that the pleasures of this world will fail you? But hallelujah, aren't you glad that God's got something better for us than the cares of this world? Now, I see a few of y'all standing up, and, 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 and I'm going to give it to you for free. Here it is. The inheritance, beloved, is more than cars, cash, clothes, or commodities. <clears throat> the inheritance is better than money, house, stocks, and bonds. And hallelujah, I'm glad that when I get this inheritance, I don't have to pay taxes on it. I'm glad that when I get this inheritance... It will not go into probate. I'm glad that when I get this inheritance, the state of North Carolina cannot claim it. I'm glad when I get this inheritance uh, that is for me and me alone because what God has for me is for me. And hallelujah, somebody ought to give God praise because what God has for you is for you. But can I tell you that you ought to give God praise because uh, you have a great inheritance. And how is it that you have a great inheritance? Because you and I are sons and daughters of God. And God has made us blameless before him through Jesus Christ. And the reason that you and I can shout is because we got the inheritance of salvation. 
We got the inheritance of eternal life. One day we're going to have the inheritance of a glorious body. One day we're going to get a crown of righteousness. One day we're going to get a mansion over yonder because we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. I bid you all good morning. May the Lord bless you real good. I haven't preached to you all in three Sundays. My Mississippi is done slipped out. But in order to get an inheritance, somebody has got to die. In order to get an inheritance, there has to be a will already initiated. And in order for that will to come to pass, somebody had to die. I'm here to let you know that Jesus, who is the promise, had to die in order for us to get our inheritance. And I know some of you all can't shout right now, but I'm glad that Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself uh, and that's why I'm sticking with Jesus uh, and since Jesus is God in the flesh uh, anybody know that he's made some promises uh, that he will bring to pass uh, good morning St. Paul may the Lord bless you real good uh, but do I have anybody that know he has the promise uh, of saying I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead uh, yet shall he live again uh, anybody know that we got the promise uh, that God said, Lo, I'll be with you always, uh, even until the end of the world. Uh, anybody know we got the promise uh, when Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. For uh, in my Father's house there are many mansions. Uh, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself uh, that where I am uh, there you may be also uh, we got some promises y'all uh, and I'm going to stand on the inheritance of God uh, I'm glad God did for me what I could not do for myself uh, I'm glad God filled in the gaps uh, because I could not do it for myself uh, do I have anybody in the house right now they ain't afraid to admit Jesus saw our thirst and he quenched it. Jesus saw our hunger and he fed it. Jesus saw our shame and he removed it. Jesus saw our sickness and he healed it. Jesus saw our bullies and he defeated them. Jesus saw our troubles and he cured it. Jesus saw our sins and he forgave it. Do I have anybody they ain't afraid to give God praise because we got an inheritance and we got a promise in Jesus Christ because Jesus is the son of the living God God is always with us God is always in control God is always good God is always marvelous God is always magnificent God is always watching God is always victorious God is always loving God is always kind God is always merciful is there anybody in the house right now that ain't afraid to give God praise because of who he is I'll see y'all later but if you're gonna shout you better shout right now cause I'm closing on this be not dismayed whatever betides God will 
love abide. Won't God take care of you? Won't God fight for you? Won't God pick you up? Won't God turn you around? Won't God plant your feet on solid ground? If you know he's more than able, say yes. If you know he is a keeper, say yes. If you know he'll bring his word to pass, say yes. Yes. God is a promise-keeping God. Let me say it again. God is a promise-keeping God. The promise is Jesus. Let me say that again. The promise is Jesus. And if you got Jesus... You got what you need to make it in this world and the world to come. But if you don't have Jesus, I want to I want to offer him want to offer a relationship with him right now. Um yeah. The the, the promise that God brought to pass is none other than Jesus. Um Ushers come. I mean, ushers. Deacons come. Deacons come. Deacons come. Uh, you want a promise? You want a promise you can really depend upon? Uh, it's, it's Jesus. And watch this. And it's so interesting that the one that is promised is the one that secures your inheritance. Did y'all catch that? The one that is promised. The promise is the guarantor of your inheritance. Watch it. If there's no, if there's no Jesus, you don't have eternal life. If there's no Jesus, you don't have salvation. Watch it. If there's no Jesus, you don't have what you need to make it through this life. I want to offer Jesus to, to you. And I want to lead you in a prayer of either new life or recommitment right now. Um, uh, and so if you wouldn't mind praying this short prayer after me. And for many of us who have a relationship with God, it's just a reminder of that covenant. But, but if you pray this prayer, if you pray this prayer, if you pray this prayer and it means something to you, I want you to make a decision for either Christ or church. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Uh, repeat for me. God, I thank you for the promise who is Jesus Christ. And I want Jesus as Lord and Savior in my life. Uh, forgive me of my sins. Make me the person you want me to be. God, I believe you sent Jesus the promise to die for my sins. I believe that you raised Jesus, the promise, on the third day from the dead. And I believe 
one day, Jesus, the promise, is coming back. But until then, send the Holy Spirit into our lives. Help me be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Come on, put those blessed hands together. Give God praise. Hear me well. If, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, you're in the house, you prayed that prayer, and you meant that prayer, you, you want to change your life, you, you want God to do something different, uh, you prayed that prayer, and you're going like, Lord, I want to change right now. If that is you, would you hold up your hand? If that's you, would you hold up your hand? If that's you, would you hold up your hand? If that's you, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. If you got your hand up, I would love for you to come down. I want you to know you ain't got to leave the same way you came in. You really don't. You really don't. Ain't nobody going to look at you crazy. Ain't nobody going to judge you. Go ahead, come on down. I want you to leave with, with a better understanding of what it means to have a relationship with God. Come on. Can we celebrate my sister that's coming? We thank you, God. Come on. Come on, St. Paul. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise for her. Let's give God praise for her. Let's give God praise for her. Listen, if you're watching us online, if you're watching us online, on Facebook and on our website, type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or listen to us on telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. And or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your phone number. Somebody's going to reach out to you uh, by 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Can we celebrate those who have come? Can we celebrate those who have come? Here's my next call. Here's my next call. There may be someone here saying, listen, pastor, I'm saved. I know who Jesus Christ is. I know all about the promise. I, I got the inheritance. But I, I'm not connected to a church. I'm not connected to a church. I'm not connected to a church home. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me just say that there are some folks who say, I don't have to go to a physical church or connect with folks physically in order to have a relationship with God. And you're absolutely right. You ain't got to come to 1401 Alice Street. You don't have to watch us online in order to have a relationship with God. You really don't. God ain't predicated upon that. Uh, but but I, 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 I know that I'm married to Pierre and uh, I ain't got to go home to be married. However, if I don't go home, my marriage is going to suffer. Eric, somebody going to catch that tomorrow at 2.43. All I'm saying is that God, through Jesus Christ, has established a community called the church. And while you don't have to come to the church, your relationship can suffer if you're not among the gathered people of God, either virtually or physically. I want to invite you right now. If you don't have a church home, I want you to get connected with us. We would love to be your church family. So if you're in the house right now, if you're in this sacred place, and you don't have a church home, you're not connected to a church, you haven't been going to a church pre-COVID or during COVID, you just kind of like been hanging out there, 
or you've been watching us online, you haven't connected yet, I would love for you to be a part of our fellowship. So guess what? If that's you, would you hold up your hand if you're in the house? If you don't have a church home, would you hold up your hand? If you got your hand up, I want to be your pastor. If I could be your pastor, would you would you please come down? If not, we're not going to make you, but if you feel led, go ahead and come on down. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Is this another one that's coming? Come on, let's celebrate my sister that's coming. You all, we could do a whole lot better than that. We could do a whole, walk with them, walk with them all the way down. Walk with them all the way down. Walk with them all the way down. God has a promise for you and it's connected to community. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. St. Paul, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. God bless you. Walk with her all the way down, Deacon Wanda. Walk with her all the way down. Will there be another? 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 Listen, if you're watching us on Facebook, on the website, would you type in connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T? If you don't even spell that, feel like spelling out the whole word, just put C-O. We know what it means. We're going to reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow, let you know what the next steps are. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Um, or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name, your number so that we good contact information if you're watching us online so that we can reach out to you let you know what the next steps are uh as far as that's concerned saint paul can you help me to celebrate these wonderful gifts that god has sent our way all right let me try that one more time because we ought to be doing a whole lot better than that let me try that one more time let's celebrate these wonderful gifts god has sent our way Now, my sisters and brothers, I would love to give y'all a hug, handshake, and all that stuff, but COVID just ain't letting us be great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do fist bump and put on my mask. I'm going to do fist bump. But as y'all go out, we're going to cheer for you all as loud as some folks cheer for the Carolina Panthers when they were trying to come back last week. I still think about Dr. Marvin McMichael when he talked, when he preached that sermon for our Deacon's ordination and he talked about Baker Mayfield and he was a prophet. Amen. All right. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to follow these lovely, lovely people. They're going to help you to understand what I require. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, dear heart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, St. Paul. Let's stand on our feet. Let's give God praise. We can do a whole lot better than that. Let's give God praise. While you're standing, we're getting ready to get out of here. We're getting ready to get out of here. We're getting ready to get out of here. Uh, um, just remember, uh, Mass Choir, I uh, need to see you just for a few brief moments. Also, I forgot to mention, I'm in revival locally this week at the... Silvermount. Thank you. Silvermount. At Silvermount uh, Baptist Church uh, on Arrowhead. I'm in Revival three nights, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So anybody want to come and, and give your pastor support, it'll be greatly, greatly appreciated uh, as far as that's concerned. Amen. We've come to worship. We now depart to serve, leaving this place enriched and raptured um, as far as our time is concerned. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our spirits have experienced, but even more importantly, the gifts you have sent our way in committed lives and lives that you're saving. 
as we leave from this place and this space, but never from your presence. God, if you would keep us in your sovereign care and empower us to do the work that you are assigning our hands, heads, and heart this week. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. To only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. We're going to sing the doxology um, to our Braxton parents. I have your certificate. I want to make sure you all get that before we leave. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. see you real quick and to the parents of Braxton let me see I, I'm coming over there to where you all are I'm gonna bring the certificate